Well, as I mentioned, today is Easter Monday within the octave of Easter. So if you missed the first announcement at the beginning of Mass, that introduction, that the Easter is eight days. And what I mean is we have a season that's longer than the eight days. But what are the eight days? The eight days are the highest celebration we have in the church. It's the highest feast. It's the highest solemnity because it's the resurrection of our Lord that we're celebrating. And it's eight days. Remember how we have eight days of Christmas? There's an octave. Well, here we have the highest point, the resurrection of God in the flesh coming back to life in his humanity. And we have eight days of it. So beginning on Easter for Easter Sunday through Divine Mercy Sunday, it's all Easter Sunday. So this should be great celebration. This is the, the highest of celebration, the highest of joys. If we think about the fact that we were dead without God, that we were barred from heaven, and then God goes on a cross and dies for us, he takes our place, he suffers and dies, and then our faith is rewarded in this one that we believe is the Messiah because he comes back to life and he wants us to be one with him, then common sense and our faith should say that we're gonna rise with him. If I'm in Jesus, how would I not rise? If I'm united to him and I'm to be one with him, and he has a human nature, and so do I, and I'm receiving him, and I'm meant to live inside of him, how would I not rise? It would be a tragedy if I don't rise, because it's not going to be God's problem if I don't rise back to life. God is alive. He's well. The issue would have to be with me. So that's why we have to trust. We have to simply have faith and take God at his word. But we have to listen. A lot of times we just talk too much. We need to listen because we don't want to miss the words of God. Faith comes by hearing. This is scripture. God's word says faith comes by hearing. And trust is literally like faith. It's ultimately faith, believing and trusting oneself to the God who has spoken, the God who has revealed himself. We need to ask Jesus for an interior quiet. We do, because we don't want to miss what he has to say. Because if I don't know what he's saying, I'm not going to know what to do. I'm not going to know where I'm going. And I want to be able to know where I'm going with confidence. And in knowing where I'm going, I also want to know what I'm supposed to be doing on the way there. I'm going to rise at the end. That's just going to happen. That's a fact. I refuse to go to hell. That's how we have to live. In Jesus' name, I refuse to go to hell. And in the power of Jesus with confidence and humility, I refuse to go to purgatory. I'm going to bank on God who wants me to go straight to heaven. It's not on my own power. But I'm not going to be a spiritual couch potato. I'm going to stay with Jesus. And then he has the final word. I'm not going to determine and say, I must go to purgatory. I'm going to say, I'm aiming for heaven. 
and then I'm going to let your mercy take care of the rest because I can't do it. You're the elevator. You're the rocket ship. How could I do it? I can do nothing. Jesus said also, this Feast of Mercy, Divine Mercy Sunday, is mankind's last hope of salvation. God can't do more than to remove sin and punishment. This is like baptism. This is like martyrdom. And this is not like a plenary indulgence. Jesus does not require detachment from sin. He doesn't say that. We're weak. We're ill. And God is love. Love would do this. It can seem shocking and scandalizing for a heart maybe that doesn't trust. But a heart that knows Jesus, who has listened and heard him, would say, of course he would do that. Mother Mary knows, of course he would do that. She knows him. It would seem that St. John and Mary Magdalene, who were there at the cross, would say, of course he would do that. It is mind-boggling, but it's not shocking. That's just how he is. Of course he would do that. He got on a cross. He has holes in his hands and his feet. That's difficult. He did it, and he didn't have to do that. Of course he can remove the consequences of sin. He's capable of doing that. It happens at baptism, so he can do it. His sacrifice is all-powerful. It's all-encompassing. It took care of every sin and wound, every misery. It took care of everything. It reorders creation. He's God. I share a story with you that I was hesitant to share, but I prayed, and I think God wants me to share it. And if it helps at least one person, then great. I know it helped me. And I can be skeptical. I was helping a family a long time ago, and I was called to anoint the young mother, who little did I know and did we all know that a week later she would be dead. And she was sick, and we thought maybe the, the illness came back. And so I was in the house with the family, and I anointed her. Um, and I looked up behind her, and I saw, you know, the black frame, Divine Mercy, Vilnius image, and I thought to myself, they'll be okay. Or I said to myself, they or she will be okay. Um, I probably meant both. And what I meant was, I wasn't thinking exactly a miraculous recovery. She didn't miraculously recover. Um, we prayed, but she didn't. It wasn't God's will. What I meant was, ultimately, they're going to be okay because we're all going to die. We're all going to have a, a moment of sentence of judgment. But if I entrust myself to the mercy of God, I'm going to be okay. It's going to, he's going to plead for me. So ultimately, they're going to be okay. She will be okay. So I had peace in my heart and that hope, even though the situation seems so difficult. A year later, we had a memorial service at the cemetery. And we came back for some food and pizza at the end because I wanted to have community time with them. So we, we ordered pizza so that it wasn't just at the cemetery, that we would have fellowship with the family and some of the close friends. And I would be there. And I wanted to spend time with the family. And I saw a little Divine Mercy image on one of the shelves and because I don't have a good memory. And I see a lot of people. I talk with a lot of people, so I can't remember everything. So I asked the, the husband, I said, Where'd you get that? I said something like, that's a beautiful image of divine mercy. And he said, yeah, you gave that to me at the wake last year. You felt like God wanted me to have it. And I said, oh. I said, yeah, I think I kind of remember that. I was kind of vague. I couldn't remember. And then it started to come back. And he said, um, he said yeah, because at the, at the wake also, you were saying that at 
when, when uh, my wife, you know, when she was ill, at the, you said that you saw a divine mercy image, which I don't remember saying this at the wake, at the wake service, but she's, he said, you said that you saw a divine mercy image. And he said, I looked over to my brother or brother-in-law and said, we both looked at each other like, he, he looked at the husband and said like, what's he talking about? They didn't have a divine mercy image. So I, I said, no. He says, we don't have a divine mercy image. I said, no, no, it was right there on the wall. I mean, it was like as clear as clear can be. It wasn't like a fuzzy thing. It was just like, there's a divine mercy image and okay. He said, we don't have one. He's like, we have one now because of what you said. It's at the front entrance, which I didn't see. It was huge. It wasn't a Vilnius, but it was huge divine mercy. He said, we thought we probably should get one. I said, well, you should have one. You should have one. You see, God cares so much about us that he can use a, a tiny little shrimp to help somebody understand we need divine mercy. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.